You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. This is Mark Teresi, Executive Director of Holy Name, Father Greg Sackowitz. Uh, I am sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, who's taking a well-deserved uh, day of rest. Um, we will have a great show today. I, I miss him. I, uh, I'm not wearing a mask because I'm isolated here. Usually he and I are in the studio. We'll both be wearing masks, but hope you had a great weekend. Uh, shout out to Cardinal Supers, a beautiful Mass, beautiful Mass yesterday on Channel 7. And he talked about leadership and kingship, the kingship of Christ, and how responsible we all are as Catholics and Christians to be leaders in our community. We're our first guest today. We have multiple guests who are going to share with us stories about Archbishop Wilton Gregory, Cardinal-elect, um, Washington, D.C. Wilton is a Chicago native, and he's the current Archbishop of Washington, D.C. He will be elevated to Cardinal later this month. He will become the first African-American Cardinal from the United States. His years in Chicago included his time as an associate, Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Glenview. He was a deacon, Father Greg's home parish, Mary Seat of Wisdom. He was a professor, Mundelein Seminary, and auxiliary bishop here. He was ordained in 1973. In 1993, he was named Bishop of Belleville. 2004, he was named the Bishop and Archbishop of Atlanta. And in 2019, he was named Archbishop of Washington, D.C. Our guests include today his sister. Elaine Gregory Swenson, uh, and she'll talk with us today about those stories nobody knows about <laughs> about, about Wilton. Um, we can't wait. And um, Father Tom Bema, he's Vice Rector of Academics at the University of St. Mary of the Lake, Mundelein Seminary. He was a student of Wilton Gregory's and has some very important stories to share about uh, Wilton's prowess as a professor. He was very well respected and known up at Munline as a professor. And also, I believe, on the line is Father Dominic Grassi, who was a classmate of Wilton's. So he has some of the best stories uh, to share about the real Wilton Gregory. So why don't we start? First of all, welcome, everybody. Good morning. Good morning to everybody. Good morning, Elaine. Mark. Good morning, everyone. Yes. A little... Um, Truth be told, Father Tom Bame and I actually worked together online as colleagues for 15 years. We had some wonderful times together. And Father Dom Grassi is a great, great uh, friend of mine and our family. And Elaine, you will be a friend with all of us by the end of this conversation. 
So, Thank you. Elaine, why don't we start? Give us a little background on you, Elaine. So, you know, you probably have spent some time being Wilton's sister. But who is Elaine Gregory Swenson? Can you give us a little background? Elaine Gregory Swenson is a retired public health nurse, happily married to William Brereton Swenson for 41 years. I live in California. I'm the mother of two adult sons, no no grandchildren. Um, Moved to California in 1973 after Wilton was ordained a priest. A number of people that I went to Loyola University with in Chicago had already moved to the Bay Area, and I followed them. Um, I went to Loyola, graduated in 72 with a baccalaureate in nursing, and after I came to California, I got my master's in public health from University of California School of Public Health, and it's interesting because I remember being taught by some of the people from the World Health Organization about the nature of pandemics. Wow. So it's ironic that we are in a pandemic now. But um, I couldn't say more about what a loving brother Wilton has been to my sister Claudia and I. He has always been a, a very protective big brother, but also a very spiritual person. Now, very, you... very spiritual. Now, you said spiritual. You were not, your parents were not Catholic. Uh, no, my, my um, mother was baptized Catholic, but my father, our father was baptized on his deathbed. So my mother initially, uh, we attended a Baptist church uh, in Chicago briefly, but we became Catholic after we got connected with St. Carthage on the south side of Chicago, which was an incredible, incredible place. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, if people want to know what St. Carthage was like, then just remember uh, the movie The Bells of St. Mary oh, with sure. Bing Crosby and uh, Barry Fitzgerald. That was St. Carthage. Incredible individuals, the priests and the nuns, just absolutely outstanding models of faith and love and professionalism. And that's why Wilton became a priest, because he was so impressed by the goodness, the holiness of the priests and the nuns there that he said, this is what I would like to participate in for my life. That's beautiful. Now, I also understand you have some... Let's do this. Elaine, why don't you tell a story about Wilton um, in his younger days, and then we'll go to Tom, and he can tell us some stories as a student, and Dom can tell us some stories um, as his classmate and friend. So, Elaine, I heard there's a story about, they wrote here, you have a fun childhood story about your brother, a mop, and the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Wilton was probably maybe seven six or seven years old, and it was nighttime. And in Chicago in those days, we used to keep the mops on the back porch. And my mother or my grandmother, I can't remember which one, said, um, Butch, because that's what the families called them, Butch, go and get the mop. And Butch said, oh, it's dark outside. I want to go. It's dark outside. And my grandmother said, baby, you know that God is everywhere. Now go get the mop for us. So Butch goes to the back door, opens the door, and says, God 
pass me the mop. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Great, great faith and a great sense of humor at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Father Tom Bama, what about you as a student of Wilton's? What do you remember? Well, I'll give you uh, two uh, stories of myself as a student. First, before I ever went to seminary, well, I, when I was still in an undergraduate, um, I heard about this unique priest uh, who was at that time at, Saint, at Mary Seat of Wisdom in um, uh, Park Ridge. I heard about it from some of my uh, classmates uh, down at uh, Butler University in Indianapolis um, <clears throat> who, uh, who were Catholic and who uh, had been involved in this amazing youth group. Uh, that was at Mary Seat. And they just kept talking about the two priests who were there, Father John Cusack and Father Wilton Gregory. And uh, so actually on one of our vacations, I went to one of the Bible studies there uh, that John Cusack uh, was hosting. But again, in the group of students, they were all talking about Father Wilton, uh, hmm. just of what a great impression he was. So even before I ever met him as his own student, I already had this impression of him. Uh, which came from the good pastoral work that he had done uh, in Park Ridge. My class, the class of 1980, uh, was the first class to have him as a full-time uh, teacher. Uh, so we had him the year before, 1979, um, um, 78, 79, right in there, uh, for the, um, <clears throat> the uh, liturgical uh, classes that we took at the very end of, uh, of seminary. We were probably already deacons, and uh, he was... Uh, doing the mass practicum class, as it's uh, is affectionately called. And, um, you know, prior to that, there had been a, a gap in the seminary faculty um, where we didn't have a full-time uh, liturgical theologian. And so everyone was very excited uh, that he was coming back from Rome, from the Pontifical uh, uh, Liturgical Institute, at, uh, uh, St. Uh, Anselm uh, there. And uh, so we were all very anxious. Um, and, of course, when a class of graduate students are anxious, it puts a great burden on the professor. Uh, but not if you're Wilton. <laughs> not, if you're, not if you're Father Wilton, no. Uh, he rose to the occasion very well. But what, what I always remember was he, he was thoroughly technically competent, both in the theology and in the practice. But what was always present was this sense that you're doing this to serve a particular people, the people who are in front of you at that moment. So that pastoral dimension, uh, which I already knew that he had excelled in because I saw the fruit of it, that pastoral dimension was, was current in every one of the classes uh, that, that he... Uh, right. You know, let's yeah. continue these stories. We're going to take a little break. Um, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. When we come back, let's hear, Tom, that other story, and we want to get Tom on to share some Wilton stories as classmate and dear friend. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. nation in our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. 
they have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. A Catholic faith-based education enriches both your mind and your heart. Academic standards are strong, and so is the feeling of community. 96% of our graduates go on to college. If you think a Catholic high school education is for you, keep these dates in mind. Registration is now open for the Catholic High School Entrance Exam, which will take place on Saturday, December 5th. Students should take the exam at the high school they hope to attend next year. For more information, log on to our website, schools.archchicago.org. Catholic Charities Celebration of Giving is underway, and we need your help more than ever. Now in its 73rd year, the Celebration of Giving was started by a group of adoptive parents who wanted to buy gifts for children who had not yet been adopted. This wonderful idea spread at Catholic Charities, and last year, 25,000 gifts were given to people who would otherwise have nothing to open Christmas Day. Our online partners make it easy to donate toys. Gift cards are so appreciated by teenagers, too. Gather your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors and join this huge, awesome outpouring of kindness that is filled with the spirit of Christmas. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net slash celebration or call 312-655-7401. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial. We're back with Elaine Gregory Swenson, Bishop, excuse me, Cardinal-elect Wilton Gregory's sister, Father Tom Bama, Vice Rector of Academics, University of St. Mary Lake, and a student of Wilton's, and Father Dom Grassi, a classmate of Wilton Gregory's. Tom, we're going to come back to your second story. I want to get Dom in. Dom, as you, yes. as you get ready... Um, I think it's the 28th. Is that the installation in Rome for Wilton? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's the 28th. So you mm-hmm. get ready uh, in prayer to remember Wilton. I don't think, are any of the three of you going to Rome? Uh, we, uh, no. No. So we'll all be praying for Wilton. Dom, what comes to mind uh, as you realize one of your classmates is now going to be a cardinal, the first African-American cardinal in the church? What comes to mind for you? Oh, so many incredible memories come to mind. First of all, I'd love to shout out hello to Elaine. I haven't seen you in so many years. I so know. God you. love you. And Don looks, looks the same. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> just just bigger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it's it's so good to hear your voice, Elaine. It's wonderful. Oh, you too. It really is. Uh, gee, there, there's so many so many things about Wilt that uh, that come to mind. Uh, one is a, a, it's something that happened right after we were ordained priests. Uh, there were four of us that hung out together uh, in the seminary, and we worked together in a lot of areas. Uh, uh, you, 
know, we did a lot of apostolate and ministry together in the seminary. And so it was natural that after ordination, we would stay together. And one particular Thursday, we were taking the day off, and uh, we decided, for whatever reason, four of us, and all four of us are city boys, decided we wanted to go horseback riding. Oh, my so uh, Wilf looked up a, uh, a stable somewhere in the northern suburbs and uh, made a call and reserved four horses for us. And we, uh, we, we got there, and when we got there, uh, they looked at the four of us, and uh, uh, two were Irish, one was Italian, and one was African-American, and they decided that they had no horses for us. Wow. It was clearly because of uh, Wilt's race. And, you know, we left. We didn't know what else to do. When they said, oh, we have no horse, they, were, they said it nicely, we left. And there was silence in the car as we drove off. And then all of a sudden, Wilt said very quietly, uh, pull over into this gas station. They have a public telephone. And uh, we pulled over, and he said to me, uh, call and reserve four horses for horseback riding for now. And I got what he was doing. So I, I called the place, and I said, Hey, there are four of us here. We'd like to take a ride. Uh, do you have any horses? Oh, we've got a lot of horses available. <laughs> and we drove right back and pulled in and said, "We're." I said, I, I just called and we're here to ride the horses that you just said you had available. And they realized that they had gotten caught and they were very friendly and got us on the horses and we, we, we rode off. We didn't do a good job horseback riding, but it was a very simple way that Wilt took care of a situation and made his point very clearly and without, uh, with, with great strength, with great dignity, and great pride as well. Uh, it's just something that it always stuck with me. And uh, over the years, that was just paramount with Wilton. He always found ways of dealing with things, and he always found the right way of, of handling things, and he also found a way of uh, really... Uh, letting people know who he was. My, my, my parents absolutely loved Wilt because when he would come to the house, he would speak impeccable Italian. Oh, wow. And after he would leave, my mom would look at me and said, why can't you talk like that? <laughs> and uh, and uh, she, would, she would feed him uh, food that she hasn't made in years. She, he just had an ability of, of, of touching people, their lives, uh, being with them, listening to listen to them so incredibly clearly and uh, and fully, and and be able to 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 know himself well enough to have enough self confidence and integrity that he knew how to respond to almost every single situation he was in. Now you and he also had a laugh ahead. that if you could get him to really laugh oh, hard, yes. Oh, yes. he would start to cry when he laughed. Yes. It, it, it was the most infectious laugh you'd ever ever want to see now you had mentioned your mother elaine uh i i'd like to share a brief story about your mother so mm -hmm. um I, I didn't know your mother until i visited i visited some of the priests at holy family villa and uh, i saw your mom's name on the door and i went in and asked you know is she, is she related to Wilton, oh, I'm his mother. We had a wonderful, what was your mom's name? Was it? Ethel. Ethel. So I don't know how we got on the subject of singing. And it was Christmas yeah. time. 
And she said she was a singer. And I said, well, I'm a singer too. And we had the most beautiful little moment singing Silent Night in harmony together, which, mm-hmm. I, which I will never forget. Did she sing for you? Yeah, she did. She did. She, um, I can remember as a child, my mother um, worked at a nightclub in Chicago called the Kitty Cat Club. Oh, sure. And I can remember my mother taking us over there and telling us that on a particular day they were going to film a movie. Um, I think it was Raisin in the Sun with oh, sure. Sidney Poitier. Oh, sure. and Yeah, yeah. But I think when I think of my mom singing, we had carnivals at St. Carthage every summer when we were growing up. And I can remember my mother singing a song to the nuns. She sang, I Believe. Oh, uh, I Believe and, for Every Drop of Rain That Falls? Yes, oh. yes. And I, I can remember the nuns were just so touched by that because they saw the love that was coming from my mother and the gratitude from my mother for what the, the blessed sisters were doing. Yeah. Those, those nuns and those priests were so loving and so encouraging. I, you know, there's, sometimes there's no way that you can pay back gifts that are given to you, and they truly gave gifts to the children of St. Carthage and to the children of the South Side of Chicago. And, you know, Wilton picked that up. Wilton picked up that sense, that musical, beautiful, authentic sense. You could hear it in the liturgies when he sang. You know, Tom, what else? That second story you were going to share about what you learned from right. Wilton. Go ahead. Well, it's a second story, and again, it's, uh, it's something I learned, uh, uh, again, through college friends. Now, my my college roommate was not Catholic, but he married a a real good Catholic girl, uh, and then he settled in uh, southern Illinois, uh, where he's lived ever since. And they raised up a nice little family down there. And again, it involves a youth group, because um, uh, all of their kids took part in the parish, and the Diocese of Belleville had a very, very strong youth apostolate at the diocesan level. Mm -hmm. And so they would frequently go from their little small town in southern Illinois, which was closer to Kentucky than anything else, over to Belleville, which of course is is like a suburb of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. and uh, has, you know, all of the, the realities of a metropolitan area. And it was really there that they first became aware of racial issues, uh, was through this youth group. And uh, a- after the uh, the Sea of Belleville fell vacant, um, my uh, college roommate's oldest daughter said to him one day, you know, Dad, I think it would be really good if our next bishop was an African-American. Mm-hmm. Now, this is weeks and weeks before the appointment was mm-hmm. announced. Mm-hmm. But when, when, of course, it was announced, you know, she thought that, you know, from, from your mouth to God's ear, uh, type of thing that she was just overjoyed because she realized the the utter importance and you know the Catholic Church has known this all along the other the utter importance of having ministers who emerge from the communities that they serve ministers who look like the communities they serve and uh, she had interacted with lots of the, uh, the black students from East St. Louis and all of that with this youth group. And she would come back and she would just tell how excited they were. Mm-hmm. And she absorbed that excitement. 
So I, I don't think we can minimize in any way the importance of the first African-American cardinal uh, in the Church of the United States. And I tell you her story because, you know, out of the mouths of babes, you know, uh, young people have a clarity in their vision that we mm-hmm. who are older sometimes miss. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And Wilton has a sensitivity. He understands. He understands that. But at his very core, it's not. Mm-hmm. Gonna, he's not preaching. His life is the message, which I think mm-hmm. is beautiful. Now, as, as you look at Wilton in this role, um, maybe I'll ask each of you. Maybe we'll start with Dom. What are your hopes for Wilton as Cardinal of Washington D.C.? My hopes for Wilton are. are that he continue to uh, preach the gospel with his life like he's been able to do his entire life. Uh, there is a great joy to Wilton. Mm-hmm. There really and truly is. When I was uh, named a pastor way back when, my first assignment as a pastor, uh, Wilton had just been named uh, a, a bishop, and uh, so I invited him to come and do con- confirmation. And uh, it was just an incredible ceremony. You could just feel everybody get caught up uh, in it, and uh, I felt so good about it afterwards. And then about uh, a week later, I got a letter. Somebody was very upset by the con- by the whole ceremony. They said, you and that bishop were having just too much fun up on the altar. Oh. <laughs> you know, just too much fun. And uh, Will-, Will brings a-, a great, great joy, a great warmth to to what it's all about, but but his insights, his ability, and his absolute integrity, he, he has been so courageous in what he's done, because and it works because it's, it's never about him. It's always about the people who he really loves. So I just, I, my greatest hope is good health and, and continued uh, uh, confidence and, uh, and uh, continue to speak in the voice it is his to speak for uh, the, the people of Washington and for all of us. Beautiful. Tom, what about you? Well, you know, I uh, uh, he was uh, appointed auxiliary bishop in 1983, the same year that I was appointed to the uh, uh, Archdiocese in Curia in the ecumenical office as assistant director and subsequently to the Catholic Conference of Illinois, which is the statewide body the bishops work through. So, yeah, over the years, I had a lot of contact with di- the different bishops of Illinois. Then when he became Bishop of Belleville, I had already uh, become president of the Illinois Conference of Churches, which is a consortium of 5,000 congregations in Illinois. And Belleville was one of the big supporters in all of that. Through those experiences, I saw a quality in him that I think uh, is uh, tremendously important for his ministry as Archbishop of Washington. Uh, and beyond that, for the wider ministry they'll have as, as, a, as a cardinal. And that is his ability to find the center, you know, to, exactly. to enter in, into situations that are divisive and to be able to bring the different parts uh, to a focus on what really uh, needs to happen. I think of the work he did on the Charter for Protection of Children and Youth when exactly. he was president of the USCCB. You know, I think of, um, you know, the, the healing that he is engaged in right now in the Archdiocese of Washington, um, again, over, you know, sexual abuse issues and, and all of that. And I think of the healing that is very much needed in our church right now, 
both in you know both within the uh, hierarchy, but also you know in the parishes. Exactly. Of just getting exactly. a sense of direction. Exactly, Elaine. And, I, I don't want to. We're yeah. running out of time. I just thank you, Tom. I just want to make sure, Elaine, your hopes for your brother, uh, your brother Wilton, your brother Cardinal Gregory. When we were children, our grandmother, Etta Mae, would always say to us, whatever you do in life, take God with you. And I think that my brother has done that, and my hope and my, I know that he will continue to take the Lord with him, and that will always keep him safe, holy, and a source of light and love on the earth. Beautiful. And, you know, Etta Mae and Ethel and your dad and all those who came uh, before you folks who are watching over him, and he's channeling yes. their he's channeling their spiritual energy. Now, yes, their love. You know, their love. Their love. Yes. Mm. Well, I want to thank all three of you, Father Dom Grassi, Father Tom Bema, Elaine Gregory Swenson. Elaine, thank you. What a joy meeting you, even though it was over the radio, and I'm glad you and Dom could at least connect Oh um, yeah. Again, I'd like everybody to stay safe, stay safe, um, and and let's talk. Let's take God with us as yes. we move forward today and always. Amen. God bless all of you. Have a great Thank day, you. and we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.